Hello and welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview, a quite exciting one. I have uh, Michael and, and Anjali here. Hello guys, what's up? Hey, how are you? Hi, hi. Very good, very good. I'm super excited to, to, uh, <laughs> to have this conversation with you. And we met at Trivago, and eh? surprise, most of my interviewees <laughs> are, are from Trivago. Actually, in, lately there, I've been changing a little bit, but it's good to be back <laughs> to the Trivago people. And um, yeah, we we worked there. We actually never quite worked together, I think, but we hanged out and spoke a lot yep. back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I think even before me, you guys, you both of you quit your job to follow your dream. We'll be talking about this journey in this episode. But first of all, I would like to ask for you to introduce yourself. So maybe Angeli can start and then Michael can follow. Perfect. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm Anjali. I'm from India. I'm 28 years old. And I moved to Germany in 2017 to work for Trivago as a product manager where I met Michael. And then we started this journey. Yeah. And I'm Michael. I'm also 28 years old. Um, yeah. I worked until December in Trivago as a front-end engineer. Also, the uh, couple last years were just working in front-end engineering. And yeah, since January, we are both on the on the road in our camper van. And Anjali, what's your uh, background? That's funny because I studied computer science and mathematics. Mm. Um, but I think I probably never worked as a software engineer. I was, right. Yeah, exactly. So I started um, as actually like a data slash product analyst in a startup. Mm -hmm. And there I switched to a PM role and then continued my journey there. Yeah, because at Trivago, you're doing PM, right? Project management. Mm hmm Ah, I didn't know that you have this uh, this background too. So you are both uh, trained developers. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> call myself, but <laughs> cool. It's I don't know where, where to start here. It's <laughs> it's it's such a crazy journey. To to be honest, I I have interviewed already a couple of people, all of mm -hmm. them with crazy journeys. But I I think that yours is probably the craziest that. Uh, that uh, that I interviewed so far. So I know that your your project is called the uh, project katamai Kat katamai yeah, exactly. yeah. and your main goal is to live in the catamaran right yeah so i want to ask is this like both of you have this goal like who started with this idea <laughs> of living and in, in in the boat and and why oh yeah that's a good question actually um Yeah, maybe it's a bit chaotic journey, I have to say. Yeah. Also. So <laughs> for a couple of years, we already have this kind of dream of um, yeah, living on a boat. But it was also never so, so first, surreal. Wait, first of all, when we met in the beginning, Michael always loved to carve things out of wood. So at home also, we had furniture, which he made. And he talked about that he wanted to build a boat with wood. Oh, yeah, but that's a long time ago. So wow. at this time, we were not thinking of living in a boat, but I think it always was there because he used to talk about when we go to, uh, when we went um, for walks to the Ryan, that look at that boat. I also one day want to build a boat. I was like, okay. Build a boat, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Started, the boat was somewhere in the background. I think then we were also watching a lot of YouTube channels where. People were sailing, basically. And I think one particular one, which was Sailing Le Vagabond. Right. Somehow, I mean, they caught us. And it wasn't just seeing them that we wanted to do it. But I think in general, 
we were always a bit adventurous and we were traveling a lot and we just figured out that that's kind of a lifestyle which we could enjoy right. and then slowly we started obviously getting recommended from youtube other sailing channels and then we started getting into this whole thing and at some point we also watched some youtubers which were talking about emission free catamarans or boats sailing boats basically where ocean world is coming with engines where you could while sailing charge batteries and then the yeah. whole combination of you know combining this adventure part and sustainability that just i don't know somehow wrapped around this idea of okay let's do it yeah so i mean it developed quite over time we yeah, have to say that's so true. it was yeah. also like that in the beginning it's not real you know you don't really think about it you know you maybe dream a bit about it <laughs> but at some point you just come to this moment where you say like hey what is it actually if we would pursue this dream of maybe living one day on a boat Yeah. Yeah. So and then we just thought like okay project Katame and there's Katama Katamaran the word is in it and uh, it's kind of like just this project which we say hey that's our journey to yeah try to achieve this goal and we don't say that yeah we will for sure achieve it or whatever but we are trying it and we want to document it crazy story really interesting inspired by youtube right like many <laughs> many of us uh, yeah. maybe to give a little bit of context to our uh, listeners You are at the moment living in a van, mm -hmm. right? You're living the van life. You have a couple of uh, social media projects. You have a YouTube channel. You have a TikTok. You have Instagram and other side projects that we'll be talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, where are you at the moment? Which place? We're in Sardinia, Italy. Italy. Wow. Okay. And I know that you're in Spain before, so you traveled quite a bit. So that's kind of the status. This is for for the listeners. And we are going to talk about how you reach this point and what what are your goals next. But um, let's start with the beginning, with the decision to quit your jobs, both of you to quit your jobs and and get a van. Uh, well, I guess you already had the van back then before quitting the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was also a long funny project i think so, so tell me about it yeah i think actually we started the conversion one year before we left our jobs it was 2019 2019 april yeah so i think in 2019 okay. actually already it started also that we kind of like we started to convert a van and this whole dream of being a bit more adventurous actually <laughs> started with building actually this van in the beginning we were also not sure if we would live full-time in yeah. it but while we were converting in the van we some at some point realized like hey What if we just at some point quit our jobs, leave the flat behind and everything and just move full time into it? But that, that wasn't the idea when you first bought the van, right? Yeah, somehow not. <laughs> no. Oh. I think uh, there's something with us. We, we don't plan. Okay. There are pros and cons, but um, we, didn't, we didn't plan. I mean, it actually, how it started was that we wanted first to get summer gardens in Germany because, you know, we wanted to do wood projects because Michael enjoyed it and then I mm -hmm. got into it. And then uh, we didn't find it in Dusseldorf. There were like five years waiting lines. And then we were just like always watching, obviously, uh, van, life uh, van life content. Mm -hmm. And then we were just like, why not just, you know, transforming something into a home yeah. by working on wood so right. then we started looking into van but obviously we didn't plan again so we didn't know what should be the budget um how much should the van cost and there were quite 
let's say ups and downs in terms of okay one day we wanted the other day we were like no we don't know <laughs> if we would be able to do it but then suddenly one day we found a van in Bielefeld and we just drove 2 hours and that day we were like okay let's just buy it wow. yeah <laughs> yeah that was also one of our biggest mistakes to be honest <laughs> we just bought the van on the on this day and we didn't realize how much we have to repair this this old oh. van and yeah we were naive let's yeah say. we were in the beginning also quite naive but I think that was also kind of our engine a bit to get to this point right now because we were not planning and yeah. we're just doing them things now. And uh, how much did the van cost? Um <laughs> so at this time 5900. Oh okay. It's a it's cheap van. Yeah. yeah. We should have questioned that. <laughs> 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 But in the end we ended up spending quite a lot, right? A few thousand euros just to get get it repaired. Uh, and in shape. Right. And then for for a year you worked in repairing the van and transforming it into a home. Yeah, yeah. so initially actually we planned that we would maybe <laughs> need two months to to convert this van again. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then we ended up of like doing it over one and a half years actually. So we were also not working, you know, day and night on it. So yeah. sometimes just after office, one hour we would work in the winters we didn't work a lot. Then we even didn't work in the middle for two months at all on it, so that's why it was one and a half years. Yeah, yeah, of course. And when this idea of quitting your jobs and leaving your van started to pop up in your heads, who came up with it? You know, that's that's a funny thing. <laughs> we we also talked about this um, some month ago because mm-hmm. we cannot remember the moment where we really made the decision of moving into it or who came up first with the idea. As Michael said also in the beginning you don't feel that the idea is real you know also with the boat it just like mm. oh, okay you dream of it but just while doing it somehow it yeah we fell into it kind of What were your preparations so what were what was in your mind when you're preparing to quit your jobs Oh that's a good question mm, Yeah I mean we we knew that if you want to do something like this quitting your job you need kind of a bit of financial stability yeah so yeah. in in terms of so we realized that like kind of one year before that and also before we were saving because we were preparing for this moment that okay you can do it and then you would survive for a while without mm-hmm. having directly an income from day one so right. that was one major point for us and also we were planning that if you're living in the van you actually kind of you can reduce the cost quite a lot right But in the beginning, we also thought that we would keep the flat, right? So we were thinking that maybe for the first three months, we still keep the flat and then see if we like it or not. Uh, yeah. But in the end... You just realized that these are costs which you actually can't afford anymore. You cannot just have a flat. Just True, as a backup. yeah. Because I was in the beginning like, oh my God, what is if we don't like it at all, you know? <laughs> we, we haven't spent time like a month in a van or something and we're just deciding to move into it. So I wanted to keep the flat in the beginning but then also we realized that no we have to actually give it and if we want to go back into the flat then yeah find a new one. You looked at your savings mm-hmm. and then you somehow calculated how much you were going to spend per month, right? Exactly. And then with that you calculated how much time you could go without getting any income, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. By this time uh, no. we didn't plan it that well. <laughs> you didn't plan this well. So you didn't know what was your runway? Yeah. So roughly, yeah, we thought that we would have around one, one and a half year. Ah, okay. Runway. So 
yeah. roughly, but we didn't plan. Ah, okay, this much fuel, this right. food. This is the cost of living in a van. We knew roughly, but roughly, but yeah. in the end, it's also like there are so many surprises uh, on the way. Right. So we were also saying that, um, yeah, if we run out, then we can maybe do some freelancing on the way also. Right. And and of course that you also already had in mind that you wanted to make money with social media and maybe some other investing or some other projects, right? This was already in your mind? There were never really fixed plans, to be frank. I mean, yeah, we wanted to um, explore YouTube because that was exciting, especially because we were consuming so much content from YouTube. Of course, yeah. Um, but it was never sure what kind of content we wanted to make. Um, moreover, one thing which we actually wanted to do after leaving the job was to open ourselves to start looking for opportunities, you know, because when we were um, still working for Trivago, there were mm -hmm. always some ideas. We were like, ah, you know what, you could just build this app or, or we were even trading a bit um, just manually. And we were talking right. about what if you just automate it. And there were so many ideas that we just talked about randomly. Yeah. We never had the time. So we also wanted to keep this time to uh, just explore what opportunities are there. Yeah. Where do we see that we could find a solution and work on them? I fully understand what you mean because when you are working for someone else and then you keep on having so many ideas that you mm -hmm. don't have time to act on yeah. this this concept of quitting your job and focus 100% in your ideas mm -hmm. it's very you know exciting mm -hmm. so so I guess that's that's a little bit also what what you try to follow there it's really great also that you both have the same mindset Tell me one thing, uh, what about your families? Do they have the same mindset or do they freak out? <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can start also with my family. I mean, so from my side, I mean, they were always quite supportive for these ideas. Um, there was not much resistance. But what is also always funny is that um, I think it's ha sometimes hard to really believe that you will do it in the end, you know? Yeah. Because at some point you start talking about it and it's like, oh yeah, that's it's a cool idea and all. But if you're coming closer to this moment of saying like, yeah, now I will, I will, yeah, we will both quit our jobs. Then it's like, hey, do you really want to do that? You have, yeah. you have a quite stable situation and you know, and then these kind of concerns also come up, which I also understand. No? But it's, um, I think they were not believing it until the, until the day and actually that we said that we will do it. Yeah. And, and for you, Anjali? <laughs> They still don't know. <laughs> no, they know. They know. I mean, it is also a bit of a background that I come from India. Right. And it isn't that common. So I have generally found a way in, in life to tell them really at the last moment. We were planning it already for long. But I just told, I think, a week before we put our papers. Or I think I didn't even tell that we put papers. It was that it was the last week or last two weeks uh, of Trivago. And I mean, at first, it's obvious that they weren't very supportive because you have a job yeah, and yeah. why would you do that, you know? So in the beginning, it was hard. And I mean, slowly, I think they um, they were fine with it. I sometimes still hear, you know, that in, for example, in May, when we were planning to go to Germany, my parents were like, okay, so now you're going, you will start looking for jobs, right? And I said that we are just going for three weeks. Do they understand this, that this is how you want to live your life or do they think it's like okay this is a phase this is like holiday you know do they understand it <laughs> uh, 
I don't think so. It's very hard to understand, to be honest. Like, even for my family and even for me, even for myself, <laughs> to understand that this is going to be my life and that I want to be like an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, and live the entrepreneur lifestyle. It's so vague that I think it's super hard to convince people, like, to wrap <laughs> your head around it, actually. I agree. Yeah. I mean, so in my case, you know, they say that the younger one always has advantage because maybe the elder one did it. And in my case, luckily, it happened that my sister also, they have their own company. So for one year, obviously, they were also struggling to um, establish something. So, Anjali, you're, you have uh, some inspiration, some mentors and other people in your family that are also entrepreneurs. What about you, Michael? Entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sister of my brother, she is also running her own company. I mean, there's definitely also some inspiration to just do it and do your own thing. Uh, but also to the aspect what you said about is it just a holiday or not? I think <laughs> so. For my in my family, there's also often like a lot of jokes because now you know you can imagine we are going with a van and then you're sending nice pictures because you're yeah. standing on some cliff and there's the sunset and all. And for them, it's like, oh yeah, you have such a nice year of holidays. Yes, you know? yeah. and, you, and you don't show actually that the whole day you were actually working on something. Yeah, and I think there's also by I think in our case there's quite a bit of a confusion because it out to the outside it looks like yeah you are just traveling around and enjoying life, and especially not having a job per se like I'm not working for a company it's very hard to convince exactly. people <laughs> and even to convince myself sometimes that <laughs> this is what I want to do. Cool, but um, okay, so now I understand the context, I understand everything. You you got in the van. Mm -hmm. And you decided to to go to was it where, where did you go Spain Tenerife right yeah. so you said that you started many projects maybe mm -hmm. let's yeah just walk me through like which projects did you start maybe better let's start only with YouTube for mm -hmm. for now you got inspired by other content creators mm -hmm. and you start vlogging right yeah um how did this process go like, how did you set up the cam like tell me everything from the start your first video how did it go. <laughs> The first video is quite embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, so how did we set it up? I mean, I had a bit of background of filming. So I had, I had a camera also from, from before. Yeah, we were just filming some things and we had also not much of a plan. We were just, as you said, also documenting it a bit, um, the process of how we actually converting the van. So I think the first video was how we painted the wood. <laughs> in, in the okay. Van. Did it get uh, a lot of attention? When you released, did you get a lot of views? No, not at all, not at all. But 300, 300 views yeah. in the beginning or something. <laughs> yeah, it was not much. Um, and over the months after the first video, we were also just from time to time making another video about the conversion, how we convert the van. And they all didn't get much traction until we then also saw that a lot of people do these van tour videos where they show just around the van. So right. they are quite long videos like maybe around 20 minutes and you just show all the details of your van mm -hmm. and we thought like yeah why not doing also a van tour video and this one was then the first one which really got traction and brought us then also over the 1000 subscriber limit wow so how, how many subscribers did you get from one video this video alone so i think before that we were sitting somewhere around 400 subscribers and after right. this video went viral we were definitely above the 1200 mark wow. 1200 mark that's when we could apply for the partner program. And how did it went viral? Did you like share it somewhere or like you just publish it and suddenly it got traction? Yeah, the thing is, these videos in general are very popular because people are interested in tiny homes and van tours. 
So this particular video, we also knew from um, checking other van life accounts that they probably had 20k, 30k views for other videos. But this one suddenly has 500k, you know, so you mm. do a bit of research that that's a video that people maybe are not interested in what you're doing generally in your life, but they want to see what did you make out of this thing. Yeah, that, that's a great, that's a great tip here for other, maybe other YouTubers that are listening to this. Go to similar channels and check yeah. which videos work the best for other more mature channels that are in the same genre as yours and just copy it. That's, that's a great idea. So we kind of used it to kickstart a bit the subscribers. And but as you ask also, like, did it directly get traction? Actually not. It was like the first one or two weeks. We were a bit hmm. surprised. We were just a thousand views or something. And yeah, it's you, you have to deal also with a lot of emotion. Right? You put a lot of effort into it and then things do not yeah. work out, you know, like maybe was, as you expected. But then after, after two weeks, suddenly we got a lot of traction on the video. And oh, it's weird. A YouTube algorithm or something <laughs> kicks in. Yeah, because people also say like, yeah, it's super important that the first one, two days, you know, how much interaction you get and all. But in our case, we also saw that often these things are just different. Yeah. Yeah, like suddenly YouTube picks it up and then it goes. You know? And walk me through these emotions that you just mentioned. So you share your video, the video that is supposed to, you know, take you to the top. And then for the first week or so, you don't get any or that many views how do you how do you react i mean especially after the, i remember after this video when we published this one it was a bit of a weird feeling because you have so much expectation you think like okay this will get a lot of traction yeah. and then for a first time it doesn't get traction and you know you also do not get feedback or something much on yes. it yes you know? yeah uh, and uh, you'd rather get feedback i remember some people say oh uh, cool video but was it not a bit long you know and yeah. you were betting on this fact yeah we make it a bit longer because people want to see the details you know exactly. so you get rather these kind of opposite feedback and you think like yeah you feel a bit like you know you just question hey what did we do wrong i remember we were talking like was it good or not and but in a way that we want to improve exactly so all right super exciting you just reach your a thousand subscribers mark you are applying for for getting the ads and getting you know the money Mm -hmm. How, did the money start getting immediately? Did you start making some income? I mean, we directly, the first day when we saw <laughs> that we can apply, we directly applied. Yeah. Um, we were quite excited about that one. Um, but then, I mean, we also have to say, as Anjali also described, now, we took the first video to kind of get to the subscribers and the, the views, they were kind of like, they peaked out already. No? So it was slowing right. down the views and the videos which we were producing afterwards, they didn't get that much of attraction. So how much money uh, how much money were you making per month uh, or per week? So I think the first month we did so the first month when we um were in the partner program we did 30 euros. 30 euros, euros, yeah. 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 Which is which is already of course a, a good amount for you know the beginning but it's also of course not paying the bills, right? So exactly. yeah. do you also start thinking oh my god like we are only making 30 euros, we are not going to survive <laughs> or this didn't come to your head. I mean, the expectation from the beginning was clear that for building up a YouTube channel, you need one to two years at least. Hmm. We were quite clear on that. So we were not expecting big money out of it. But for sure, you know, this was a struggle for us in the beginning that even though we saved money and we said we have a runway for one and a half year, we quite early got into the pressure that we have to earn. 
Yeah. And this was somewhere in the back of the head, but when we started YouTube, we were actually not planning to do vlogs. We wanted mm-hmm. to do actually different kinds of videos because we were actually wanted to document this journey, how do we reach this catamaran? And somewhere on the way, documenting doing a hike was not that fulfilling. We actually wanted to give more value yeah. in our through our videos of, you know, how can you achieve? It could be by making money by selling drinks or it could be by I don't know, doing crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so this is where maybe this disappointment part came when yeah. we were putting these videos out and when it was not getting traction, we also started to kind of question. Actually, we also have to say that we still have the passion for YouTube and yeah. we are also currently working on some different concepts. So what what we realized in the beginning and I think this aspect what you said or also Hendrik in in your other podcast about the passion is, is super important because right. what we actually did in the beginning is we had a lot of passion and then we analyzed also what things could work and i think you always have to be a bit careful in which direction you then drift because in the first two three months you drifted a bit in the direction of okay these things work or could work and um talking about van life and all of that but you also have to at some point come back to your passion and we right. realized that We want to do videos, but a bit different kind of style videos. Gotcha. So you're not passionate about the vlog, but you're passionate about still YouTube. So if there's any of your YouTube subscribers listen to this, <laughs> you know, be aware that there's more coming and exciting things. Yeah, thank you. So so tell me a little bit then about Instagram. So did it start also from the, I guess it started also from the beginning. How did it grow? The growth there, I think in the beginning was quite let's say good but at mm-hmm. at some point we also slowed down because coming back to this part of passion we did not find it fulfilling to post every day a video and sorry picture right. just for the sake of posting a picture that you post every day and you know because when you're writing a caption and you're forcing yourself into it it just didn't feel right so yeah. this is where we also slowed down on Instagram to be frank and we said okay we only post when we actually have something to share and we don't have to feel the pressure and that's when we also saw that instagram slowed down so right now we have around 1500 followers and we are making content uh, but that's not something that we actively want to grow as a channel of income right. so instagram is actually our community where we are also quite honest and sharing also our way a bit more personal where we are what we are doing and we also at some point shared more insights about how we feel or what projects we want to work on so we kind of wanted to keep instagram more like this and right. didn't want to grow it now like just for the sake of it mm-hmm. yeah makes makes yeah. sense and i guess then we we got to talk about uh, the other <laughs> platform which is uh, tiktok that i know that you also got a, a viral video there and to be honest i'm not a, a user of tiktok so i i'm quite a noob there but can you describe a little bit how how do you use tiktok and a, a little bit more about this viral video that you got so tiktok is basically just short videos so what's reels on instagram is actually tiktok hmm. and um, i think now they're even introducing longer videos but how we started tiktok was uh, we just went to we wanted to go from one beach to another on the way we just parked the van on the side which was not even a parking and we made a video and we don't know why yet but it just went viral i think the there was a quite steep valley 
uh, right at the back door and people thought that this is like a room which is placed on a hill and the window is, there's no window you know so you could even fall right. and this emotion which was triggered in people oh my god why is this girl sitting at the edge of this bed and a yeah. window which uh, which doesn't have a glass and the comments that we saw were more like oh i would just fall off from here oh i would never sit there and it's funny because we mm. posted it as like a, i look it's such a nice view from the van but the emotion that people got was oh wow uh, Boy, i would not do that i'm afraid yeah. yeah and that video i think got now one point so it has like 1.2 million views wow it's <laughs> <Yeah>. absurd <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that was the viral video and then we then we started to see okay let's explore tiktok although i just yeah. want to say that uh, the tiktok creator fund doesn't pay so much because as you know in youtube before every video you show an ad but on tiktok they just have ads in the middle so it's not like right. with every video they show an ad so you would would get a lot of money it's i mean until now i think we have around 2 million views in total but we only wow. paid 11 euros So yeah. for money making wise um, there are more opportunities in brand collaborations not just by posting videos I love how spontaneous you are and and to um, be honest how chill you are with all of this because I, I would be also a bit freaking out like not knowing what what to follow so currently we already explored YouTube we explored Instagram we explored TikTok is there any other way that you're trying to make money with So there is um so Candy what Anjali also said already we for some years we were also looking a bit into trading and mm -hmm. we always had this crazy idea of like hey my god why can we not just automate it so we also said that we wanted to ex experiment a bit with that making a trading bot programming and also going a bit in the direction of machine learning so we also wanted to use this time to learn some things where we never had really the time yeah. even yeah. my machine learning always fascinated me um but we never had the time to say like yeah let's really spend time to work on something. So, past couple of months we are also building a trading bot which machine learning tries to improve uh, like finding buy signal yeah. and trying to analyze data and finding some patterns. Um and that's what we're also currently exploring actually quite a lot. And did you already try to make money with it or is still in the development phase? Absolutely, but right now it's really on um, experiment phase. So, we are not Okay. money we just put 30 euros and we make 25 cents or something yeah. like this so right now it's just seeing how much can you lose because worst case yeah. 30 and so so at the moment you're still living out of your savings right so you're not able to to live out of your project or mm. are you no not at all and doesn't this scare you <laughs> yeah so sometimes it really haunts you a bit but right now yeah. we're quite relaxed and we learned in a couple of months we also reflected a lot about it and that we really get rid of this pressure and right now we understand where we feel actually quite relaxed quite relaxed about it yeah i mean you also realize that you're not productive anymore if you are constantly thinking about how can you make money True. you drift away from your passion and you start getting back into the hole of okay let's just do things for the sake of doing them and yeah. we realized that that wasn't yeah wasn't productive wasn't fulfilling so why do it and you're you're living the life right you're living the life that to <laughs> that you dreamed of right so that's that's amazing exactly yeah and um tell me a little bit more about this life how is it like do, how do you meet people i guess you meet also other van life people yeah people that live in vans 
Absolutely. Uh, how do you do that? So generally about this lifestyle, um, I mean, we have our home so we can park anywhere. Sometimes we're in the city, sometimes we're at the beach, which is a very I don't know, different feeling that once mm-hmm. you enter this, uh, let's say, uh, this box, you feel so safe, even though you are in the middle of chaos in a city. Um, and then there's an app called Park for Night where we look for parking spots. Yeah. And every van life is doing the same. So you end up going to a spot where you would find people. So that makes it actually quite easy to just go to a spot uh, where people had good recommendations. So others are also there. And then, yeah, somehow conversations start. And that's how we met people until now. Do you feel unsafe sometimes being in your van in the middle uh, of nowhere? I mean, that was also one of our main concerns before we started no? the yeah. question of i mean will you feel safe just sleeping somewhere out of the city and maybe a city which you don't know um but we have to say that we felt quite quite good and quite safe i mean especially the first three months when we were on tenerife was also really amazing then we spent some time driving the spanish coast and i mean then y- you find on the way some sketchy areas you know where right. You think like, oh God, okay, here we do not feel safe. And actually you expected that will be a good spot. So sometimes you're ending up of saying like, yeah, let's just move on. But actually there was never something where you had real problems or something. It's actually very safe. And we also really feel safe. What characteristics must someone have to live this lifestyle that you're living? What What is absolutely things that you must have mm-hmm. to, to live it? On the way you have challenges, you know. Sometimes also, I mean, on pictures and when you see all these van lifers and all, you really think like, oh my God, that's a great life. And it is a great, great lifestyle, but you don't see a lot of sides of it, you know, where you maybe struggle to find parking or you have to fill up water and all of that. There's a lot of work around that. And if you rather like stability and not so being so active every day, then... Mm -hmm. That might be not the right thing for you. You know, there, there are also challenges. For example, we currently do not have an AC in our van. Right. Sometimes get warm. You have to find maybe a parking under the trees. And then maybe you first don't find something good. And then it sucks a bit. You know, like you have to be open yeah. for that. Do you think that people that are open and they probably would love this life, they, they don't do it because they are afraid? It's somehow pushing you out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. And that is something that people don't like usually. The biggest challenge is actually to get out of your comfort zone. And I also think that a lot of people are stopped or not pursuing their dreams because you have kind of your environment. Yeah, maybe you don't like your job or whatever, but still it gives you some kind of comfort or stability. And to break out of this framework, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And we also, I mean, we were a bit naive. When we said we will do it, we were just <laughs> excited. But When the day came closer, we had actually also quite a lot of challenges to overcome. How do we set things up? And then suddenly the Corona pandemic, that was all not planned. And, you know, and then you're starting on this day and you don't know what comes actually, you know. And and maybe also in the beginning, everything is a bit different than what you expect. And I think this whole unknown, I think is the biggest challenge to overcome. And do you have the fear of failure? Like the fear of running out of money and having to go back to Germany to your jobs? And, and, you know, people coming to you and say, I told you so. Is this something that comes to your mind? I don't think so, because as we also said in the beginning, that we strongly believe that there are so many opportunities out there and we discuss them. I mean, Etsy stores, Amazon, right. there are so many things where you see it's possible to make money that 
the fear of not being able to do anything thing never comes same with you michael yeah i mean uh, <laughs> i mean as i said we had sometimes some, some moments where you are actually struggling with this thought but right now um no i mean right now it's really i i also agree that you know the the problem is that you can always let this thought of fear come into your mind and think like oh god um what if if you don't find something and all but i think the most important thing is that you focus on opportunities and that you're just um going and trying and yeah. that's where we are right now and we feel quite quite good in it enjoy it and to be honest what we also learned on the way is like i think there is never this 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 problem in the end oh shit it didn't work out now we have to go back or something i think there will be something even we also said hey you can go in the harbor and you can say that you want to work on on helping with boats and all you know you can yeah. you can also say okay let's freelance one two days in a week yeah something but yeah. how how do you manage because like i feel for me that this is not well accepted by society and, and family and, and so on yeah that you know you're a developer you're a steady job and now you're like working in arbor and just to make <laughs> money for for a month how do you do you live with this society pressure i think we just decoupled ourselves from this thought you know or from, right. also from these influences because I mean, if you talk with people and they have this kind of mindset, I just try to not take it so so seriously. And, and I really believe that, yeah, this is kind of a societal construct which is there, you know, yeah. this pressure. But we just try to decouple ourselves from that. Huh? For me, maybe I don't think about it anymore because I had a really hard time in the beginning when I left India. So I also mm. have to say, I can say that I actually ran away. Um, from India and I wanted to come here because I just couldn't relate to the lifestyle there. Right. And I think that kind of really helped me to not think about it. And as Michael said, I mean, now, especially because we are, that's the good part that we both think so similarly. And yeah. thank meeting all the people on the way, they also think actually very similarly. Yeah. This couple who is, One of them is making tattoos uh, from the van. The other one is doing yoga sessions just online. You know, all these people, they're also yeah. not doing the conventional nine to five jobs. So it's also and good to be super happy. Yeah. And you see that they are enjoying really, you know, so yeah. it also gives you a bit motivation to not get in, get back into this mindset. Yeah. You yeah. know, you talk with a lot of people, especially who maybe have these doubts of, hey, why do you leave your safe jobs? You know? And then talk to them and you feel like, wow, they are not happy. It sounds actually boring and they are unhappy with their job, maybe, you know, more complaining. Yeah. And then we make just our decision. I mean, I would rather work in the harbor and have still this life where I really enjoy it than having this, you know, stable income yeah. And, yeah. Job and being not that, that happy anymore, you know. Makes sense. So, so I think one tip would be to surround yourself with people who have the same mindset. Hmm. You can get challenged by people other people just so that you grow as a person but maybe be surrounded by people who encourage you yeah that's a great tip and i, I think here you're aligning your source of win income with your ideal lifestyle right yeah. and I, i spoke also with my previous interview with uh, michael and chloe they also have a travel blog mm -hmm. and they found a way to align traveling Yeah. And, and and their source of income. And it's also what you're trying to do. And yeah, now that I think about it, a lot of my interviews, a lot of people think the same. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's that's what you're doing. And I think that's admirable. And what I'm trying to do is, yeah, align your passion with, with your job. Exactly. 
Yeah. Do you see yourself doing this in the next like 10 years? Like if you think on your future, <laughs> do, you, do you see yourself living in a van or living in a boat or do you see yourself living in a flat? So we clearly see us on the catamaran, right? Definitely. <laughs> like every day. And the good part is we are always close to the coast. And, you know, you always see that goal in front of you yeah. in the ocean. And they're like, okay, you can never forget about it. We currently do not have the urge at all to go back to nine to five. No. We rather would like yeah. to explore more the opportunities to set something up. And I think also what we also clearly accept for ourselves is that we have actually no idea what, for example, next year would be. You know, you never know what kind of opportunity you realize or what kind of passion you also find on the way yeah. you see and we strongly just believe in it that on we the will way, find a way on the way you will find some something yeah. which will guide you there and guys really thank you so much for 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 sharing this adventure I, i think we'll definitely i think here the wannabe entrepreneurs will follow your journey myself i'm super excited to see how the next year and two years go and i'm super excited to to visit you in your in your catamaran <laughs> and um, maybe as a, a last question if there's someone thinking on following the same steps as you mm -hmm. at the moment you know they are thinking maybe i should quit my job maybe i should get in my van and drive what what would be your one advice to them the first thing is sometimes no plan is a better plan So I'm not talking about that you don't care about financial security or, you know, you don't plan the really necessary things. But we realized that the most amazing memories that we have also from when we traveled before, just um, on the weekends and all, was when we didn't plan and we just spontaneously did something. Yeah. And maybe one aspect if I also can add so if someone thinks about doing something similar or I think I think as a ground rule breaking out of your comfort zone always gets you to some some something better I would say right. so, so I would just say like whenever it also feels uncomfortable I think it's it can be a really good opportunity for yourself also to to grow yeah great tip I will be sharing your social media your YouTube channel in the description of this episode. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure, Michael and Jolie, to speak with you. Thank you so much for being part of the Wannabe Entrepreneur crew. Thank you so much uh, for having us. It was really fun talking with you. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's a really great, great podcast. Thanks. Great, thank you. Michael and Anjali will be hanging out with us in the Wannabe Entrepreneur Slack channel. So if you are a member of this podcast, you can come and join us there. And if you want to support the podcast and become a member, the link will be in the description of this episode. Besides that, there's many other episodes that you probably like. I will also leave some recommendations in the description. Episode 68 might interest you. It's with Michael and Chloe. They have a travel blog and a fascinating story. So yeah, I highly recommend for you to check it out. And uh, of course, if you have friends that you think might enjoy this content, please share the episode with them. That would mean the world to me. And this was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you tomorrow. Thank you.